Hace Inglés presenta Into the Story, el podcast para aprender inglés con historias reales contadas por gente de todo el mundo. I remember visiting my uncle's fire hall where he worked as a firefighter when I was little and I thought, when I grow up, I want to be a firefighter. Then we studied oceans at school, and I thought, maybe I'll be a marine biologist. But for today's guest, Christy, she always knew that she wanted to be one thing, a dancer. I just went right up to the front. Long story short, in the end, I was the only one that made that audition out of the room of 200 people. In today's episode, Christy describes how she fell in love with dancing while listening to Swan Lake and watching performance programs on television. Many years later, Christy tells us about the moment she received an amazing opportunity to work for the same company she used to watch on TV all those years ago as a child. From there, Christy encountered some unexpected highs and lows. From flying to Europe in first class to spending a night in an immigration deportation center, waiting to be deported back to Canada. We're calling this episode Ballet and Better Days. Before we begin listening, let's talk about some of the vocabulary and expressions you'll hear Christy use. Firstly, bread and butter. So we can of course talk about bread and butter as a food, but also in English, the phrase bread and butter refers to someone's main job or main source of income. In today's podcast episode, you'll hear Christy talking about doing ballet performances in the Nutcracker as being the bread and butter for many professional dancers. Next, out of the blue. If something happens out of the blue, or if someone arrives out of the blue, it means that they arrive suddenly and unexpectedly. For example, you could say, I wasn't expecting anybody to come over last night, but then suddenly my friends arrived out of the blue. Se puede decir sin avisar o de la nada en español. Out of the blue. Next, bump up. So bump up is a phrasal verb we use to mean upgrade or to move to a higher position or level. In today's episode, we'll hear about how Christy got lucky and was bumped up to first class on a plane journey to Europe. Bump up. Long story short. Long story short is an expression we use in English to say that we are explaining only the most important parts of a story or situation and leaving out unnecessary details. En español sería en pocas palabras. For example, you could say we were shopping all day and long story short, we didn't find what we were looking for. Long story short. Finally, to burn out. To burn out is a phrasal verb we can use in different contexts. If a fire burns out, it means that there's no more flames. Or if a light bulb burns out, it stops working because it was old and needs to be changed. 
In Christy's case, she talks about burning out after she exhausted herself during a dance audition tour around Europe. Burn out. As always, if you need more help with understanding this podcast, you'll find a full transcript, vocabulary list, and listening comprehension activities on our website, aceingles.com barra podcast. Okay, let's get into the story. My name is Christy Cunningham. I started loving ballet when I was about three years old. My granny was Scottish and she'd been traveling and she brought me back a tutu from Scotland. And she used to have a record player and she would play Swan Lake and we would dance around in the living room. So I started going to professional ballet school when I was four years old in Vancouver. We had this show in Canada in the 90s called Adrian Clarkson Presents. And one of the things on this was a company called La 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 Human Steps. And I watched everything. I remember I would jump on my mom's bed. I had a single mother at the time and we were in a basement suite. We didn't have a lot of money. and But I would just be practicing barrel turns on my mom's bed. They were always my idols. I never thought that I would ever do something like that in my life. Like, I love dancing, but I was also very realistic. After high school, I, I was still dancing, but I, um, I went to university. After I finished my BA, then I went and started to try to make it as a dancer. I was training in Montreal. Although I wanted to be a contemporary dancer, I still had to pay my bills. And the big bread and butter for dancers is always Nutcracker. And I wound up being in a, in a local production of the Nutcracker and having to really work on my ballet skills. And I was getting really strong. And um, I guess somewhere I saw this poster for La 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 Human Steps that they were having an audition in Montreal. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do this, like, just as a joke, just for fun. So I went and I I just went right up to the front, and was super confident. And there was about 200 people in the room with me. And at one point they opened the door and the director came in and he was watching us a little bit. And then he just, out of the blue, he just walked over to me and said, you know, Hello, my name is Edward Locke. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know who you are. Um, and he was like, can you try this and this for me? And long story short, in the end, I was the only one that made that audition out of the room of 200 people. I had a solo choreography and it was always, you need to do it faster. You need to get your legs higher. And I was working on it outside of hours. I was late one night in the studio and I was just getting really frustrated because I couldn't, I was trying to get this grand battement faster, faster, faster. And I was doing it again, 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 again. And then I just heard like pop. Something just happened in my hip. So I wound up going for an MRI and they said, yeah, you've torn your labrum, it's, it's a mess. I had a pressure because we were going on a tour 
And so I wound up, the company arranged for me to have an operation. The operation went well, and two months after my operation, I was back in the studio. But in the time that I had been away, they had found another dancer to take my part. Eventually, they said, okay, we're not really sure what we're going to do with you, but you're going to come on the tour with us anyways, and you're going to be in the core, you're going to be in the background. And I remember it was Christmas, it Was we were working over Christmas, and there was just a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, but we eventually we pulled a show together, and then we went to Amsterdam. It was my first time in Europe. Um, I was 24 at the time. I was excited to see Amsterdam, to travel. Somehow, I got bumped up to first class. Dancers had to stay in the economy class. So, yeah, I think some people really hated me, but I had um, a great flight to Amsterdam in first class. So then we were in Europe and we had the show in Amsterdam and then we went to Norway and then suddenly there was a problem with money. And as I was sort of not doing a big role, my salary got cut. I remember we went to Burger King, one of my friends in the company, and we split a hamburger. We cut it in half, and that was our meal of the day. And we were performing at a high level on very little sustenance. Then we were in Germany, and then by the time we got to Italy, Edouard called me down uh, for a coffee, and he said, you know, Christy, it's just not working out. We're going bankrupt here and we can't afford to have you on the tour, but we've arranged for a ticket for you to go back to Canada. And at the time, I just didn't, I was just like, hell no, I'm not going back to Canada. I'm just going to get another job. You'll see, like, I'm going to get into another company. and. So I packed up my suitcase, which at the time was full of just some evening gowns, point shoes and, and dance clothes. And I just walked away and booked myself a hotel. And I arranged this crazy audition tour for myself. But at that time I was recovering from a major injury. I wasn't strong. So I was really not in a place where I should have been doing that and so I really burnt myself out. Eventually I got in touch with my cousin who was living with her husband in, in England at the time. Can I come by and, and crash for a while by you? And she said, yeah, like for sure we've got space, come on by, we'd love to see you. So I got to Heathrow and got to the immigration and it was just like this really nice lady working there. She was friendly and smiling and asking me about things and and I just was so happy to have someone speaking to me in English and smiling at me and I just opened my big mouth. You know, my grandfather, he's actually Scottish, and I heard that I could actually qualify for a heritage visa here. 
suddenly there appears like three men and they're like, excuse me, can you come with us please to this back room? I'm like, uh, okay, what's going on? So this guy was, you know, just asking me, you know, about what I was doing. And I said, you know, like I've been, uh, I came here with this famous dance company and I've been on tour. And uh, he was like, your whole story is a lie. They wound up taking my all my things away and they put me in some cuffs and took me to an immigration deportation center. I had no idea where I was going. I was like in the back of a truck to essentially a jail. It was a prison. It was like big, you know, wire fences. The cell was, it was just me and some bunk beds and really dirty, nasty toilet. And there was a TV, really weird. It was cartoons playing very loudly and the lights were always on so you couldn't sleep. And then I guess at some point someone came in and said, you know, we've arranged for you to be deported back to Canada. Then the next morning they got me out of there and took me back to Heathrow and they loaded the airplane first and then I was with two security guards and they had me in plastic cuffs and I came on last and I just remember all the people looking up at me like I'm some kind of criminal coming on the airplane you know so I arrived back in Montreal and these security guards led me in my handcuffs to immigration before I had got the job with the company I'd been working at the Hard Rock Cafe in Montreal and my manager the guy that trained me at the time Gilles he he had got a job with immigration. I got there and who should I see standing at the immigration counter but Gilles. He took one look at me and he was gonna burst out laughing. Eventually I was released back into Canada. But of course this became a, a grand story on social media. I had all kinds of phone calls and text messages. What's going on Christy? We heard that you were arriving back at Trudeau Airport in handcuffs. So, yeah. It was definitely a good lesson in how things can switch on a dime and life is not predictable at all. When you're younger, when you're in your 20s, you sort of base yourself on the external, external things that are happening to you. And I think this is something that I learned through this experience that who I am, it doesn't matter if I'm first class or in handcuffs, it's the same. Since her time on stage as a ballet dancer, Christy has found new ways to enjoy movement. These days you'll find her in the dance studio either training or giving bar, Pilates, or gyrotonics classes. Christy has also returned to Europe since that first adventure-filled visit. She now lives in Switzerland with her wonderful family. Gracias por haber escuchado la historia de Christy. Y si aún no lo has hecho, suscríbete a Into the Story en Spotify, iTunes o tu plataforma preferida. 
And if you have a story to tell, we'd love to hear it. Send an email to hello at acenglish.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we hope you have a good time or at least a good story to tell. Thank you.